You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. To God be the glory. Every time I am requested by a couple to solemnize their wedding, I consider it as a privilege. I do not consider it my right because I think the couple should be free to choose kung sino yung mag-solemnize ng kanilang kasal. Kasi nasa picture ba ya po? Yung di sila ganahan sa solemnizing officer. Forever na ba ya po tumabutang sa album so, I believe they have the freedom to choose whom they want to solemnize their wedding. And the moment they come to be wedded, the first thing that I usually do is to ask them a question. Groom. Do you come here freely to take this woman as your lawfully wedded wife? And if the answer is yes, then we can go on with the ceremony. But if the answer is no, sayang-sayang lang tas panahon. I also ask the bride, uh, bride, do you come here freely? to take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? And if the answer is yes, then we can go on with the ceremony because the law requires that both parties should come freely without intimidation. They're not forced. Uh, the term they use legally is not under duress. So, if they come freely, then as a solemnizing officer, I can go on with the ceremony. Because unless it is their own volition, their own will, they come voluntarily, then there is no wedding. And... It is very important that when we talk about our relationship with God, it is our choice. We are free to choose whether we would follow God or not because we are free moral beings. In fact, this is a struggle of scientists. Uh, especially Stephen Hawking. I think some of you heard his name. When he was alive, he was considered one of the brilliant astrophysicists that even when in his later years he was paralyzed, his mind was so brilliant that he could think of things that ordinary human beings are not able to do. And one of his fears, as you look at the advancement in 
science and technology, his, one of his fears is that one day, man will be able to create machines that are so intelligent, so smart, so powerful, that they would harm human beings. That was his fear. And he was uh, giving warnings to fellow scientists, fellow inventors. We should see to it that they are under control. Otherwise, if they are not under control, they might destroy us. Now, if you think that one day machines will have their own minds, their own decisions to destroy their creator, would it not also be nice if in the future there is a machine without commanding it, without forcing it, that early in the morning it will wake you up? Oy, gising na. Magtrabaho ka na. Maligo ka na. Kumain ka na ng breakfast. I have already cooked breakfast for you. Would it not be nice if we have a machine like that? And then, throughout the night, it will guard you from intruders. And when you come home, it will greet you. Oh, how was your day? Would it be nice to have a machine like that? That without telling it, it will serve you faithfully? If you think that they can become harmful on their own, you should also allow the possibility that they can also do good things on their own. But human beings are the only ones, at least at present, who are capable of doing that without being forced. That's why there was one wedding that I solemnized. And usually, I do not dictate the couple except the standard marching and other things. But there's one couple that asked me, Pastor, can we include during the ceremony foot washing? I said, um, in my mind, madugay-dugay ang ceremony, ani. Because, you know, they have to wash each other's feet. But it was a beautiful sight that the groom would wash the feet of the bride, and the bride would also wash the feet of the groom. Um, a symbol of mutual affection and submission to each other. In our relationship with God, we either submit to God or we reject God. Those are the only two things that we do. And if you would look up, Open your Bibles to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verses 1 to 18. Verily, or very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them 
out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the ship. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the ship have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. May God bless us upon the reading of his words. In this passage, it's very clear that there are those people who belong to God. They submit themselves to God. But there are also people who do not recognize God. They do not belong to God. And so we will not waste time talking about these people. We will now concentrate on what are the characteristics of those people who submit themselves to God as far as this passage is concerned. I believe the first characteristic that we see about people who submit themselves to God is that they enter the gate. They enter. It is an action word. Enter. They do not just admire from outside. But they take the step of faith of entering into God's presence. And this is something that you and I do freely. Nobody should force anybody to enter that gate. 
Although I remember when we were young, being a pastor's kid, it was expected of us that when our father is preaching behind the pulpit, we should be there as children of pastors. And in fact, many pastor's kids resented that because they wanted to be somewhere else. But to be a good example to the congregation, we must sit in front. That is forced. When a person enters into the sheepfold, it has to be his own decision. It has to be his own desire. That he recognizes the importance of entering. Because when you enter, you leave many things behind. You cannot bring things that are not supposed to be there inside. And this is something that you and I as believers in Christ should be thankful. That there is that desire in our hearts to enter. When you, when you left your homes this morning and when you arrived, you were not just contented of being outside. You wanted to enter. And what was your purpose? In entering into the sheepfold. The only purpose that we have in our hearts is to enter and worship Him. We have no other reason for being here. Except that we realize that the presence of God is here. And we want to meet Him. About two or three days ago. All the district ministry supervisors of the Kamakop. We have now we have 30 districts in Kamakop from Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao, and we have 30 district ministry supervisors, and they met with the national leadership for two or three days. And one of the things that they discussed during that meeting was the bell curve. I think some of you are familiar with the bell curve. It is a reality in all human organizations. Human organizations, they start going up. It's a period of increase. And then sometimes they reach a plateau and they start to decline. And if that decline is not checked, then they die. All human organizations are subject to that. In fact, for you who have lived a little longer, there were corporations and businesses in the past that used to be very prosperous, but now they are gone because they were subject to this curve, curve of increase, plateau, decline, and die. I was in an office last week and I went early because that office several years ago was filled with people. In fact, you have to stand in line in order to be attended to. But when I arrived, the office was almost empty. Only two attendants were there. And I think that company is 
declining and perhaps dying. That is the common experience of human organizations and even religious societies. Through the centuries, we have seen some of them. But I also saw in church history religious groups that are already 1,500 years old. The Benedictines, I admire them so much. The Franciscans, 1,000 years old. Why are they still around? It seems that they were not affected by the bell curve. Now, if you look into the life of these religious societies, you'll notice that the one who started it, Benedict of Norcia, when he was called by God, he knelt down all by himself, worshiping God. And he was even criticized by people. How can you be an instrument of world evangelization when you just worship and worship and pray? The Franciscans, all over the world, they seem not to be declining. And yet, we have seen some religious groups that for 50 or 100 years, they grew very fast, but then they plateaued and then they declined and died. I believe as long as we enter into the ship pen with only one purpose, and that is to worship our God, this church will have a long way. It will not experience what human organizations are experiencing if we only focus on the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I have seen and I have been dismayed to see churches in the past, 20, 25 years ago, they were so prosperous. But if you visit them today, your heart will be hurt because there are, only, there are only very few people in the church today. When we enter into the ship pen, through the gate, there is only one purpose in our mind, and that is to worship Him. We can worship Him individually, as a family, or corporately. And there's nothing in this world that can stop us from doing that. How many pandemics have happened in the world for the past 1,500 years. And yet, these religious societies have remained strong and prosperous. So that's the first thing that characterizes a person who submits himself to Christ. He enters a ship pen with no other reason in mind but to worship his God. The second characteristic of a person who is submissive to God is that he listens. He wants God to instruct him. If you remember when Apostle Paul was persecuting the church, he was ahead of the company of murderers, arresting, killing the believers of the Lord Jesus Christ, when God encountered him, 
his first question was, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? We want to listen to his instruction. We enter to worship and then we open our ears to listen. We listen only to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because in this world, there are so many deceptions. Especially when we hear someone with great abilities. We tend to be attracted to that person. Not knowing that a deceptive spirit is governing the life of that person. We listen only to the still small voice of God. Like Elijah. You remember Elijah was ministering to the northern kingdom and they sank to the lowest level of their spirituality. They became so wicked that even the king and the queen became so unfaithful to God. And Elijah thought that he was all alone. And he went to a cave and he wanted to die inside the cave. But God came. There was a mighty wind. There was an earthquake. There was fire. But the Bible tells us that God was not in the wind. God was not in the earthquake. Although someone said that the earthquake, nung Friday ba yun? Ay may nagpindot daw ng remote control. Kaya nagkaroon ng earthquake sa Sarangani. By the way, we were on the road during the earthquake. And I thought that the steering wheel was uh, damaged and I saw cars park on the side of the road. And when I saw the bananas kissing each other, I said it was an earthquake. But God was not in the earthquake. God was not in the fire. Elijah heard the still small voice of God. About two days ago, a young lady was brought here in the church because her friends were worried. And uh, when they arrived, I saw her and she would not speak. She would not open her eyes. But then every time I mentioned the word Jesus, she would react. And I said, there is a spirit disturbing this lady. And as I inquired about it, the friend said, Pastor, this lady was brought by her parents to the Surohanos. Sabi ko, ilan? Sabi nila, apat. The spirits of those people were controlling her and she would not speak. But what she cannot resist was the name Jesus because the spirits would try to cover her ears but not the name Jesus. And when we rejected the spirits of the Serrano, the spirits of the ancestors, the spirits of the community that were controlling her, she was delivered right there and she said, Jesus, save me. And she was totally delivered. Her ears were covered. 
The Spirit is the reason why unbelievers cannot believe in Jesus. Because their ears are covered by evil spirits. Because the moment their ears would hear the word Jesus and they understand it, they listen to Him, then their hearts will be changed. A person who submits himself to God enters the gate, surrenders himself, and listens to the instruction from God. Are you aware that there is a government today, very powerful government, that is spending millions of dollars in printing the Bible? But they use it as a deception because this government in the past tried to burn thousands of Bibles. They tried to destroy thousands of churches imprison thousands of Christians. But since that tactic was ineffective, marami pa rin ang tumatanggap sa Panginoon. Even if they burn the Bibles, na-memorize man. Even if they destroy churches, there is a mango tree. We can gather. They will arrest everyone who will be baptized. Ah, Mag-picnic. So nobody would know that it was a baptismal service. They will just sit down and then you are now baptized in the name of Jesus. The police could not stop them. So since that tactic was ineffective, burning Bibles, destroying churches, arresting believers, they were not effective. This government now is spending millions of dollars printing Bibles. But they commission scholars to change some parts of the Bible. Anong pa rin? But then when you go to Jesus with the woman caught in adultery, Oh, iba ang version. Instead of Jesus asking the people around who has no sin will cast the first stone. In that version, Jesus took the first stone and stoned her. Very deceptive. The reason why they are doing that is because they wanted the new generation to have the new copy of their own version of the Bible. But their problem is this. They do not recognize the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because when a person reads the Bible and his heart is filled with the Holy Spirit, he can recognize truth from falsehood. He will reject that Bible and he will cling to the Bible that he knew by heart. I will not name the country, but I think some of you have an idea. They have all the money in the world to print Bibles with their own versions to deceive. But God's people 
are given the ability to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong because we listen to the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. Adoniram Judson was a brilliant man. He was still very young. He was already debating with many people. And because of his brilliance, he was able to win some of his friends to become atheists like him. Because he was very good. Very good speaker. Very high IQ. But he was filled with vices. He was deep in sin. 16 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old. But when he was 19 years old, God arrested him. God gripped the heart of Adoniram Judson and he knelt down crying, asking for forgiveness, surrendering his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And from that moment on, Adoniram Judson dedicated his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. He entered a theological seminary. And in his brilliance, he graduated on top of his class at the age of 25. And when he graduated, many churches in Boston asked him to be their pastor. There were big churches in America at that time. And they said, Adoniram, we want you to be our pastor. I don't know why. You know, churches are really like that. Pag meron sila nakita ang pastor, they want, uh, pastor ka sa amin. They offered him big benefits. But Anonaram Jajun said, if I accept this offer, I would not be true to the calling that God has given to me. Adoniram Judson died 50 years before, before Albert Benjamin Simpson. So he was not an alliance. In the alliance, see Adoniram Judson. But they had the same calling. He said, God is calling me to the isolated, neglected, and marginalized people groups. He went to Burma, modern-day Myanmar. When he arrived there, the people did not accept him. In fact, he was imprisoned several times. But he continued preaching the gospel. And there is a tribe in Myanmar, bordering Thailand. The name of the tribe is Karen, the Karen tribe. And this tribe did not accept any religion. But when Adoniram Judson arrived and preached the gospel, Thousands of them accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Adoniram Judson stayed in that place until he was 50 years old. And he died in the Bay of Bengal, dedicating his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. A person who submits to God enters into that gate, through the gate, the sheepfold with one intention alone, and that is to worship God. And he listens to the still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. I don't know what God is whispering to you today. I don't know. But if he's speaking to you, thank him, because he has opened your ears. Spirits of darkness have no power over you. They cannot shut your ears. Because you are listening to the still, small voice 
of the Holy Spirit. To God be the glory. You just heard the message from Zumbuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zekayak Ministries. See you there!